Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. So glad you're here. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Four of you. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We had some family and then we had some friends. What do they call that? Family. And uh, just had a wonderful time. And uh, yes, uh, during the whole time, I was very, very mindful and very, very grateful. A year ago, yesterday, is when I got out of the hospital a year ago. And so I'm looking back at a whole year, and I'm really, really grateful. Really grateful. Amen. And Alicia cooked fabulous, but don't tell her I said this. Actually, she knows this. It was fabulous. But my favorite thing to eat at Thanksgiving is on day two, turkey sandwich, dark meat, cheap bread, mayonnaise, salt, and lots of pepper. Can I get an amen? I mean, that, that's just the best right there. So, but I hope that you had a great uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, also, we have much to be thankful for. Last week, shared with you uh, our vision offering. And we simply asked each of you to just ask the Lord what he would have you to do and leave all the math to God and no pledge cards or anything like that. And so um, Wednesday night crew, don't say a word. I told Wednesday night uh, the totals, but would you believe $89,000? No, no, that's not, that's not what came in. 134000 that, That's, I wouldn't. that's not it either. Okay, the next one, here's the real deal. Here's what came in. You ready? $310,000. That's amazing. I I tried not ahead ahead of time to calculate a number because we're truly leaving the math to God to you know, to direct traffic and so forth. And so, but I'll tell you what, what I kept kind of edging toward in my mind, blew it away. And that's just like God and just like you to do over and above. So thank you so much. That's going to enable us uh, to get on most of the vision projects just right away. And so thank you. Thank you for your trust. Thank you for your faith and for your generosity in that. And so good things are ahead. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to start a teaching this morning. We're just going to go two weeks on this called Focus. Everybody say Focus. No, I mean it. Focus, focus. Look, get, get. And uh, I'll share some things with you. Uh, just bottom line things. If, if, you know, as if this was the only chance I would ever get to tell you these things. Just some powerful truths that we want to get a hold of today. And then two weeks from today, as Pastor Sean had, had mentioned and is in uh, all of our promo, Meadowbrook Christmas Live. And seriously, it's going to be amazing. I mean, amazing. No tickets, six opportunities. Bring family, friends, family, bring them. And uh, uh, as we said, they will thank you. They will thank you. This is going to be a powerful time as we celebrate the entrance of our Savior into our world. Amen? All right. Well, let's talk about focus. Um, there was a second grade little boy. My name, his name was <laughs> Timmy. 
heard a lot from his teacher things like this. Turn around and pay attention. Put that down and pay attention. Um, Let's try to focus or let's put on our thinking cap. Things like that because uh, he was easily distracted. And actually it was me. And I want to say this in my defense. I was not a bad kid. I was just a busy kid. And I think that of all of us. And I think when we talk about the idea of focus, staying focused is a challenge probably for most all of us. And then in the days we live in, I mean, changing world, news and media overload, seismic dramatic shifts and change in just virtually every uh, arena of life and culture and government and so forth, and then add to that technology, and uh, we are a pretty distracted lot. Studies show that the United States population is the most distracted culture ever, and we are also the most addicted culture ever. And uh, so many things play into that. We have the diminished, uh, sliced up, linear thinking. We have a hard time thinking linear. TV has helped to slice that up, commercial every so often, Uh, 140 characters with social media. We have so many things that just have reduced not only our linear thinking, but our attention spans. One study suggests that your initial lock-on and attention spans, um, our initial lock-on is less than that of a goldfish. And so we just have a hard time paying attention. We have a hard time with concentration and with staying focused. And so then turn that over then to spiritual issues. And that's where I, want, I really want to focus because I believe this. Everything is first of all spiritual. Everything is first of all spiritual. Um, we look at so many things and assess them kind of on a symptomatic basis, but you need to look at the root and virtually everything is first of all spiritual. So spiritually, we have an enemy of of our soul. Do do you all realize that? Do you know that? That there is a a genuine uh, enemy of our soul and the enemy of our soul really, really, really wants you to be distracted. He wants you to live distracted. Let's look at the word distracted just for a moment here. It means unable to concentrate, preoccupied to prevent from full attention. We get our word distracted from the Latin, which means drawn apart or to pull in different directions to divert. And then the word divert means to cause to change course or direction to turn. And so we see why the enemy wants us distracted because it's kind of an inverted form of repentance that he can get us to turn to get off the right direction, off the right course and go into the wrong direction. So uh, the enemy is very interested in us being distracted. So I say to all of us again, focus. Everybody say focus. Look in Hebrews chapter 12, if you will. This is the end of verse one and the beginning of verse two in the New Living Translation. And let us say, that's me. Let us run with endurance the race, that's a direction, that's a course, there's intent there, the race that God has set before us. Look in verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Say that. 
keeping our eyes on Jesus. Now look at the beginning of verse 2 in the Amplified Bible, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Let me kind of reread it. Looking away from all that will distract, looking away to Jesus. And there's much out there that distracts us. If you're still with me and not distracted, bob your head or, or do something. Okay. Now, distractions can come from good things. Distractions can come from bad things. There's all kinds of things that can cause us to be distracted. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're given some warnings about when blessings come to our life. How many of y'all are blessed here, here today? And you know blessed means way more than just money or whatever. I mean, there's, there's much to do with blessing. Um, being able to sleep well at night, having peace, having grace, having you know, God's help and direction in your life. We're, we're blessed people. Amen. And then, then, you know, just God has blessed us so much. I shared with you some numbers the other night. Uh, I won't go into it right now, but uh, 5 billion people in the world still wash clothes by hand. 2.6 billion people don't have access to any restroom facilities. I mean, we're blessed. If for no other reason, washing machine and bathrooms. You know, but we're blessed in many, many, many ways. And good things can come to us and it can be a distraction. The book of Deuteronomy talks about, and it gives warnings. Everybody say warning. It gives warnings. I believe that God actually wants to, if you cooperate right with him, he wants to bless you so much that it actually requires some warnings with it. And he wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing, not be distracted. And it cautions and it says that in the day that you're well fed and you have your houses, beautiful houses and fixtures and land and herds and flocks and they're multiplied and silver and gold, and they're multiplied and things are going your way. It says you be careful gives us a strong warning. Be careful because in that day, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God and then start to think that the good things in your life came because of you. That you start to think that my hand and the power of my might and you know my, my quick wit and all of these things have helped me to get there. He said that's, that's a dangerous place to, de- to be. The next verse is talked about then your enemy will come in and overtake you. So there's warning but that even good things. I've, this has actually happened before where I've had prayed with people and they said, Pastor, I'm starting a new business venture, endeavor. Would you pray with me and believe in God? And, and as it prospers, man, I want, I want to be a blessing to the kingdom. They start out all right. And then next thing you know, I don't see them anymore. And then run into them later in traffic in their gold-plated Hummer. <laughs> and they're not even thinking about God anymore. And you must be careful that things come to you, blessing comes to you, that first of all, that you don't forget the Lord your God, and it is he that's given you the power to get anything, even to get back to work the second day in a row. That's God helping you. Amen. And then, and then to know then that so that you don't start to think, I did this, I did this, because that's a foolish day. We read in Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9, says, remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Watch this in verse 9. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? 
or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So we must be very, very careful that good things don't distract us. Second of all, bad things can distract us. You look in the book of Habakkuk, and he had just this string of bad news come to him. And the prophet ends up saying, yet I'm going to rejoice in God. He kept his focus. Consider Job, who again, a constant wave of bad news coming his way. But he, he would not speak against God. He kept his trust in the Lord. But how often do bad things come to us and immediately we get distracted by it? Some kind of setback, some kind of disappointment. Or temptation and sin, and then, the, then the, the fallout of that, of guilt and shame that goes with it. Disappointments, you get offended over something. All kinds of bad things can come and also cause you to be distracted. And remember that the enemy wants you distracted. Now, when problems and bad things do come to you, and don't miss this, never allow, never allow a problem to become the biggest thing in your life. Do you hear me? Never allow a problem to become the biggest thing in your life. That's proof that you're distracted. Well, how can you know when that's happening? Because that's all you're thinking about. That's all you're talking about. That's all you're sharing with other people. You can tell when a person has made a problem the biggest thing in their life. Now, remember that in our own eyes that when we make God big, when God is big in our thinking, our problems will be small. But when our problems are big in our eyes, we make God small. So we're talking about focus, and focus really is to keep concentrated, to stay locked on, and keep the main thing the main thing. Amen. So we have an enemy of our soul ultimately wanting to distract us and to distract us, and I'm just going to drill all the way to the bottom on this today. Here's what he wants to distract us from. Two essential truths. Number one is this, that God is real. Everybody say God is real. And don't argue with people on whether God is real or not. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. In the toughest times of life, God has shown himself faithful and present and strong. And his word is true and he keeps his word. And his presence is amazing. And so for us to use our little brains, and I don't want to insult anybody, but our little brains to either explain or explain away God cannot be done. We do this on occasion. Why don't you take your fingers and just kind of interlace them real quick and just kind of make, make this. This is the approximate size of your brain. Please make any necessary adjustments. <laughs> and with this, with this, We're going to explain God or explain away God? Not a chance. Not a chance. And he's supernatural. And I like having a God that I can't fully explain. If we had a God that we could fully explain, he'd be pretty puny. He would not be very creative and he certainly wouldn't be strong. I love having a God that is so big, so amazing, I I can't explain him. There's parts we can understand, but I'm telling you what, he is God and we are not. And he made us. We did not make ourselves. And we are the sheep of his pasture. And don't ever get that confused. Amen? Amen. So first of all, the enemy wants to distract you to get you away from this essential truth that God is real. Secondly, the second essential truth is this. God is good. Everybody say, God is good. And if you know that he's real and he's active in your life, you will realize also that God is good. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, 
Uh, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is real and God is good. As a matter of fact, God is real good. He's omnibenevolent and he demonstrates his goodness through his mercy, through his grace, through his patience. Has he given you any of his grace? I'm waiting. Has he given you any of his grace? How about his mercy? How about patience? Has God been patient with us? And God is is good. As a matter of fact, our word God, the etymology, etymology of that even comes from the word, the root word for good. God is good. Then we read in, in uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. And this is the message which we have heard from him, from Jesus, and declare to you that God is light and in him is what? No darkness at all. And he's not only good, he's also only wise. And he always only does what is best. Hear that. Our good God always only does what is best. Now, what you believe governs your life. What you believe governs your life. Uh, Thanksgiving. My grandmother used to make her own bread, cake crust, noodles, everything. She constantly had flour on the floor and on the table and on chairs. And a rolling pin was always nearby. I, I know. <laughs> I remember one time she made a pie, and my brother and I were eating some of the pie, and she just said, matter of fact, she said, don't eat that crust, it will kill you. <laughs> I caught it for how she meant it. My brother didn't eat pie crust. He would surgically take out the the filling and eat it. About three years later, my mother said to my brother, Terry, he said, why don't you eat the crust? He said, grandma said it would kill me. <laughs> what you believe governs your life. And what we need to have bottom line in our beliefs, what we must have settled, just bottom line is this reality that God is real. Everybody say it. God is real and God is good. In Psalm 27, verse 13, the psalmist said, I would have lost heart. I would have caved in. You know the feeling. I would have caved in unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Where? When? In the land of the living, here in this life. We will cave in unless we have this belief settled within us that God is real and God is good. I will see his goodness. Say it, I will see his goodness. And that's not just in heaven. I will see his goodness. How many of you have walked with the Lord any length of time at all? And I'm not talking about a perfect life, but how many of you have seen the goodness of God in your life? Again, his grace, his mercy, his patience, his help, his rescue. Over and over and over. Amen. Come on, give God praise for that. But if you don't believe this, you'll cave in. You'll, you know the feeling. You'll start to cave in. But we need to get this settled. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that God is real. I believe that God is good. Now, obviously, I wear glasses. Um, some people wear fashion frames and have fake lenses. 
I assure you, these are real and they are necessary. I wear these because without them, what I see is not quite right. Y'all look a little rough right now. But with these corrective lenses, it helps me to see better and it helps me to see a little more accurately as things really are. So when we keep the idea of focus and optics and optical and so forth, there are some common conditions that can affect us. Sometimes a person would be far-sighted. They can, they can see far. Or they are near-sighted. They can see near. And I want to apply it kind of in some spiritual terms here. And it is called myopia, which is near-sighted. But we're going to call it today spiritual myopia. And now we're talking about focus here. Spiritual myopia, which means near-sighted. Now think of it spiritually. Think of how we process life here. You can only see what is happening right in front of you. When we have spiritual myopia, I can only see what's going on right here. The events of your life. How many of you have had some events in your life just recently, okay? And through spiritual myopia, I can only see what's going on right here, right now, right in front of me. And you cannot see what God may be doing in the distance. I hope you caught that. You can only kind of see what's going on right here, but you may not be able to see what God is doing in the bigger picture, what he might be doing in the distance, and we need to bear that in mind. Another condition would be this, spiritual amnesia, spiritual amnesia. Amnesia means that you can't remember. It's a loss of memory. Myopia fixates on the present, Amnesia forgets the past. Get this now. We're trying to keep focus that God is real. God is good. We have an enemy that wants to distract us. Here's a couple ways he does it. That myopia is so fixated on the present. Amnesia has forgotten the past. We read of the children of Israel who were dramatically rescued out of bondage, out of slavery, out of Egypt. God showed forth his mighty hand, his outstretched arm. He delivered them with miracles and signs and wonders. He split the Red Sea, literally split the Red Sea, and they walked through on dry ground. He did so many things, and then they're on their way to the promised land, and they develop spiritual myopia, and they develop spiritual amnesia. They started to comment and murmur and complain that God isn't doing this at the present moment. We're guilty of that. Why isn't God doing this right now? And we have that myopia that we can only see just, why isn't God doing this? When's he going to do this? And that's what the children of Israel began to do. Why isn't God doing this? And so not only did they fixate on the right now, but then they forgot everything that God had already done for them. And you're in a dangerous spot and you will lose focus when you're so fixated on what, why isn't God doing this right now? And you can't see the bigger picture. You can't see what he's doing just off stage. And then you forget the things that God has done in your past. Here's the caution. Never question, never judge God's goodness, God's ability, God's character, God's power by your recent news or your, your present reality. Do you hear that? 
Don't judge, don't question God's power, God's goodness, God's character, God's ability by your recent news or, or by your current reality. Don't judge him by those things. Let me just go ahead and tell you this. God is real. God is good. You ready for this? God is in control. God is even in control of those who think they're in control. And when you understand those things, there's no need for panic. That keeps the fear out. And you can keep yourself calm. Even during topsy-turvy elections. Has this not been a weird one? And it's still weird. And it's so divisive. But I want to tell you something. I'm not just, I didn't come up with just a sermon today. I've come up with what helps me have sanity and peace and clarity. And it's knowing how to stay focused. On election day, I posted this on social media. Here, on 11-8, that's election day, 5-10 in the morning, I posted this. Research. Pray. Vote. Walk in love. Be kind to all. Trust God. Keep yourself at peace. Read that with me. Research. Pray. Vote. Walk in love. Be kind to all. Trust God. Keep yourself at peace. And this would apply for anything, not just voting. This could be decide. Research, pray, decide. Walk in love. Be kind to all. Trust God. Keep yourself at peace. And I cannot believe that I only got 42 likes. (laughs) Only 20 retweets. You can follow me at P.T. Gilligan. I'm just Now, here's the thing. you got to keep focus. And people have so lost their focus on so many things. And we've got to come back to focus for everything in life. Now, here's where I really wanted to get this morning. When we get distracted and when we lose sight that God is real and God is good. And let me just remind you how that really plays out. God is real and God is good. It means this. I'm never alone and I'm never without help. God is real, God is good. I'm never alone, I'm never without help. But when you get distracted from that, when you lose sight of those things, there's something else that is massive that is at jeopardy. And here's what it is. It's God's goodness through us. God's goodness through us. Now follow this. When you and I get distracted off of God is real and God is good, what happens to us? We lose heart. We start to cave in. We get edgy. We get grumpy. We get judgy. We're agitated and we're agitating. We're depressed. We're upset. We're all wound up. We're all knotted up. Why? Because we, we lost heart. Why? Because we got distracted off the fact that God is real and God is good. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. But if you and I can keep that focus... That no matter what is going on, God is real and God is good. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. Then here's what happens. God's goodness will flow through us. Otherwise, that won't be flowing through us. It will be our opinion. It will be us making our point. It will be us judging other people. It will be us being grumpy and edgy. Am I right? 
But when you and I stay focused on the fact, no matter what is going on, if we will stay focused on this fact that God is real and God is good, then we can allow God's goodness to flow through us. And that's what God desires. That's what the enemy is against. That's why the enemy wants you distracted so he can stop the flow of God's goodness to the people that are around us in the world. But what God desires is for us to stay focused so that his goodness can flow through us to the people around us in this world. Amen? And can I just insert this real quick? That's part of what Sundays are for. First of all, you're to get here. Now, I know you're here. But you're to get here. Because this is time for holy reset and holy reminders. And I'll dress it up different ways, frame it in different ways, give it a different title and everything else. But if you cut into it, you're always going to find that I'm letting you know that God is real and God is good. And he wants his goodness to flow through us. We need to get our church matters, church days affect the rest of our days. I just wanted to throw that in. And, and let me just say this. Church is not, Sunday is not the last day of the week. It's the first day of the week. And that's a good, good way to start it. There's a movie out, and I saw it, and I really enjoyed it. It was called Sully. Uh, Not this one. This one. January 9th, 2000, uh, January 15th, 2009, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger, he's played by Tom Hanks in the movie, he makes an emergency landing in the Hudson River uh, in New York. U.S. Airways, flight 1549, upon takeoff, they collided with a flock of geese. They took out all of the engines. And somehow, miraculously, he landed this plane on the Hudson River, and all 155 passengers and crew survived. And Sully became an American hero. An amazing, amazing story. There's a flashback in the movie where he's just a teenager and he's learning to fly. And the guy who's teaching him, his instructor said, you can take it yourself today. And he said, okay. And he said, but just remember this. No matter, don't miss this, focus. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on, stay focused and just keep flying the plane and that's what he did on this day took out every one of their engines there were a hundred error signals and alarms that took place in those few moments because the controls went whack radio back and forth off and on all of this going on and here's what he did he kept his focus and he just kept flying the plane now for you and I let me just say this that no matter what happens no matter what's going on keep calm keep your focus and trust this that God is real and God is good and you'll make a safe landing just keep flying the plane the enemy of your soul is going to try to God's not real God doesn't care God's not good. God's mad. He's going to give you all kinds of static. You just stay focused on all the noise and false alarms and just stay focused on this. You know what? God is real and God is good and I'm going to let his goodness flow through me. And I'll tell you what, 
you're going to be able to land safe and be a blessing to other people as well. Amen? Amen. And how else are other people going to see the goodness of God except it flow through us? I'm bound and determined to stay focused and not let the enemy of our soul get us all whacked up and whacked, whacked out and wound up and let the goodness of God be forfeited for others. Instead, we can keep it together, stay focused, trust God, and just keep flying the plane. Amen? y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.